Smartwatches, consumer wearables, uh, you know them, you know, Apple, Fitbit, uh, Garmin, Whoop, Polar, Aura Ring, Halo, and, and those are just the ones that we know. We don't even know all the other ones that haven't even hit our market. It is something that is changing all of us, changing the world, and it's a discussion that we're really excited to talk about. We've got Dr. Grant Garcia, our orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine specialist, grantgarciamd.com, orthopedic specialist of seattle.com. Dr. Garcia, first off, how are you? And my next question is, do you have one of these con- you know, consumer wearables? Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Um, you know, nice to be. Holidays are over now. Just dealing with, unfortunately, a bunch of ski injuries and uh, all the other outdoor sports activities that we like to do here. Um, but you know, keeping busy. And uh, I do have wearable technology. I'm currently wearing one, um, and I do track my fitness, um, workouts, uh, and um, you know, and sleep from it. So I'm I'm a little bit of a of an addict of the data as well as everyone can hear as we hear the sirens zoom by dr garcia is going from one office to another is just taking some time to talk <laughs> about no not apologize man you, you're doing you're making everything work um you know taking your free time not even free time going from point a to point b to spend a little uh, bit of time to, to discuss this um it, you know it's absolutely incredible you know we're, we've We've been really thinking about smartwatches and these consumer uh, wearables um, probably like the last you know five to ten years. I know about five years ago, uh, guys like uh, LeBron James and Michael Phelps really was kind of putting it out there saying that they were wearing this technology and in uh, their trainers. So it really kind of picked up a lot of steam for some of these athletes. But you know, many people don't know that you know these fitness trackers uh, really started to get popular you know back with uh Mampokai, which translates to 10,000 steps meter from Dr. Yoshiro Hatanyo in in 1965 so there's been thoughts about keeping track of fitness levels going back to the 60s and even way beyond that so uh, Dr. Garcia when when you talk about these consumer wearables, what is some of the technology that's out there that's exciting for all of us, but also uh, the fact that it's really useful for you and in your field? So I think we're, you know, you did a great job introducing that topic. I think that what the patients and people out there need to understand is that you guys only see the tip of the iceberg, right? This is a multi-billion dollar market and athletics is the spearhead. The um, and we can even get into, you know, how surgeons are starting to use these type of things as well on their daily routine, which I just had a meeting about this recently. Um, but just to talk about the athletes more. I mean, these wearables have been out for, you know, we always talk about the early on technology and, you know, counting your steps, but that is, that is not what we're using them for now. You know, those are obviously fun things for the standard daily patient to use. You know, I wrote, I did my steps today. I did my workouts today. But what we're looking at is how can we get players and athletes to last longer? I mean, we've talked about this before. Longevity is key to sports and key to, you know, these continual records we're seeing and key to seeing these athletes that are, that are beyond their prime still continuing to be in their prime. And wearable technology is really the sort of the, the thing that's hidden behind the scenes that is helping the trainers and the departments to do this. Um, and we can go back and forth and have discussions about it, but you have people like Tom Brady, uh, you know, unfortunately retiring now, but 
you know, outlived a nah, lot. Of, may, uh, may, maybe retiring, but we'll, we'll get into that we'll another see. time. Uh, you have <laughs> LeBron James. You have guys like Vince Carter. You know, yeah. you have just names there that are that performed at a high level for much longer than we'd ever seen from athletes. And we talked about the money they spend on their bodies, et cetera. But really, it's this technology that's helping not only these high-level athletes, but athletes in general. I mean, one of the, for instance, I cover a football games from my high school uh, on Mercer Island, and the trainers have uh, helmet collision monitors in all the helmets. Wow. So when a concussion or a helmet hit is above the level of what's considered normal for a normal hit, it's registers, it has a player's number on it, and it can pull the player out right away. And that's just the basic level high school with high school budget. And, and that's real-time you know, information? That it, How does that get communicated um, from point A to point B to the coach in real time? It's an automatic uh, thing. When it gets hit, the alert goes off, the, the sensor break, the sensor goes off, and it goes on to the handheld device that, that they have. Um and it says, this person was hit too hard, you know, and here's the level it was hit. And if you're worried about it, you know, obviously if it's a malfunction of the helmet, then you don't worry about it too much. But most of the time you pull the player out, you do an exam, do a concussive exam like we've talked about on the field yeah. and see if they qualify or not. This type of information is, is pretty much that biofeedback that you're looking for, right? This is what we, this is the holy grail of athletics. I mean, I think that this combined with you know, procedures and supplementations and biologics that we're able to do for athletes, this is really what's going to keep our athletes healthier, longer, and be able to do the right amount of training. I mean, we could go on and on. There's, there's a, you know, one of the companies that one of the doctors I worked with when I was in uh, residency used to do this for pitchers, and it was a sleeve that they wore, and it showed them if they were, they, they were fatiguing or adding too much valgus to their arm, which could increase the risk of a Tommy John injury. Mm. It tells you, you know, number of pitches, and you don't have to worry about having somebody scorecard it. It's completely built into the algorithm, you know, and there's different grading systems. You know, this is going to give, give teams real-time information to know, is this athlete fatigued? You know, they have sensors in the pads to know whether or not they're getting hit too hard, whether or not they're sweating too much, whether they lost too much fluid. I mean, there's things that... The biggest concern with all these is there's too much data. So what do we do with it? Because at a, in like a single game in the, in the professional sports, you're getting hundreds and thousands of pieces of data. So is that important or not? Do you know what I mean? If you monitor someone's heart rate every single minute for an entire game and you do that for all the players on the field, what does that mean? And is, we got to figure out these algorithms to calculate is this injury or not. So it's using computers but also very intelligent people in the technology field to find a way to do this. But this is one of the hottest markets in the country, especially for athletics. Uh, I'm just going to piggyback on that. Uh, the data here is showing, and uh, there's some reports out there that by 2025, one in every three adult in America will wear a fitness tracker. Uh, the global wear, uh, wearable fitness trackers market was valued at $38.68 billion in 2020. is projected to reach over $124 billion by 2028. Um, so, you know, this entire industry is booming and along with that technology. And, and I just want to kind of simplify a little bit. Um, I've worn a, a whoop before that goes on. It's a, you know, these smart watches that goes on the wrist and it would tell me how I slept, um, if I was ready, what kind of training I was ready for. So even basic stuff, you know, I, you know, I work out, I like to do kettlebells, I like to do certain things. And that tracking would tell me, say, hey, this is a day that you need to go light 
you know, this is a day that, you know, you can really push it and, and push your limits. So even just basic information for someone uh, just like me, that's just a, you know, whatever, weekend warrior, recreational athlete, you know, I'm getting important information there to say, hey, go for it or maybe dial it back. Um, what is that importance for you that deals with so many different patients besides athletes, but just regular patients like myself to have that type of information and how, um, how are you getting that information? So, you know, again, we haven't had the technology yet. And unfortunately, it's hard as a surgeon to have time to kind of review data like that. But I think where the future is lying at is how do we treat our patients as a holistic approach? You know, I think it honestly is probably going to be more like the primary care setting where, you know, a patient comes in, they say, I'm not feeling well, I'm not doing well. And you're like, okay, well, let's figure out a way that we can use these tracking devices. Okay, well, I can see here you've not been sleeping well for the last two weeks. That doesn't seem to be working well for you. Your heart rate has not elevated enough. Um, And figuring out this holistic approach that says, okay, this person needs to work on these different things. Or, you know, some of these watches have saved people's lives because they've had arrhythmias or something else and they've been wearing the watch or the tracker or something else and it's seen it. And there's, there's, there's numerous articles out there about this in terms of these cases. But what's really cool is this actually goes into the orthopedic field. We have implants now that have trackers built into them that can tell us how the patient's using them, the wear patterns, what the cycles they can do, if there's kinematics are off. I mean, these are pretty new. Um, but again, this is a way that, and for research purposes, you can have a basically harmless, small, additional implant put into your implant, and we can see how, how the patients are walking, is their gait right, et cetera. It's more on the replacement side of things, but that's where usually where it starts, and then the technology continues to move on. Um, but, you know, the, the wearable technology thing is not just the average Joe population. It goes into surgeons. It goes into surgeries, athletics, professional, semi-pro, and everything. It's, just, it's a huge topic and a huge, uh, huge market. You know, so a, a lot of that, what you're, you know, what I'm hearing is that it's really a, a personalized health care. Right, you know, for that individual, um, is that yeah. something that you're asking at this point? And and I know you mentioned that there's, it's you know, it's hard to get all of that information right now. But is this something that if you know you have a patient that wears uh, that type of technology, that you will ask them for any of that information, or, or is that something that maybe um, will be something that you know surgeons and um, you know doctors in the future will ask uh, their patients of? I think in the future, it'll be something like, you know, what it needs to be for most of us in the healthcare field, given the time constraints that we're all given, uh, would be some way to have like an app or a printout that shows like a summary of how you've been doing, you know, not monitoring the day by day, but like, okay, come back and show me how you're doing as an athlete in terms of all of this stuff. And then it gives me a printout shows like, oh, you know, you've been, you've been down from this month with your sleeping up with this month and your exercise. Okay. Clearly your exercise VO2 max, your heart rate elevated, clearly you're doing well after the surgery, you're able to go to a level that you weren't able to go to beforehand, you know, especially if like we could get printouts of like two years and I could see what happened with them injured beforehand and how they were able to exercise, maybe not as much and exercise afterwards. You know, I've been, I've been injured and had to come back from an injury and I've already noticed even with my Apple watch, um, that my fitness level has increased to the level it was before the injury, if not higher. And so I'm able to tell that just on myself. So I could see, I could easily extrapolate that to my patients. Um, and that's just on the, that's a basic level. That's just the, the day-to-day uh, stuff. So ideally, you're, you're, you're mentioning that information relayed directly into patients' health records could be beneficial for all parties uh, if and when 
not if, I guess when we get to that point, um, some of the concerns, you know, is this going to be, you know, where does HIPAA kind of fall into this and security and what's compliant? I, I, may, I may be going down a rabbit hole with this. So just let me know if I am. You know, I don't think going on a rabbit hole, this is a, that, what you just mentioned there is probably the number one concern of everyone. You know, does someone want an Alexa in their house listening to everything they're saying and then all of a sudden they go on their Amazon purchase list and it's all listed there, yep. you know? Or, and so being tracked is never someone, is most of the patient population is not happy with that. Um, the question comes in, you know, are you releasing your records to your doctor so he can make you, he or she can make you feel better? I think patients are more amped, amped to do that. But, you know, they would want to, they probably would want to release it to a hospital yeah. or a physician's office. You know, I think releasing it to like, oh, I work for Facebook. Can I have your data? People are not going to be pleased with yeah. that. So it just has to be, it has to, it has to be done in the appropriate manner. And I think it will have to be because all of these applications, anytime I use new technology, the number one thing they tell you is it's HIPAA compliant. So it has to have HIPAA compliance with it. So that comes hand in hand. But the the trust in the application for certain people, it may take longer. But again, it's up to them. Again, everything in life, if you come to my office as a patient, you'll know I'm all about whatever the patient wants. And so if they're not in the, they don't want to be tracked or have information in that situation when that technology becomes available, you know, I'll utilize whatever resources they're willing to give me. How can you see uh, this being beneficial to toward um, telemedicine? So this is a good one, one worth, you know, just for the standard vital signs. You know, you can say, yeah. hey, upload, you know, I got your watch on, we link it up to, to the application. It tells me all your your vital signs, how you're feeling. You know, it can tell heart rate if you're in pain, et cetera. Those are important things. And uh, that can be relayed. Or, you know, even with some of these new programs, I could send, you know, the potential future is like I can send reminders or physical therapy through the watch or something mm. else. You know, that's not out yet, but, yep. you know, reminds you, okay, PT session today, do your exercises, you know, have a system set up through a company um, that does that. So that's a potential long-term. It's fascinating to just kind of think about everything. And obviously, uh, we discussed uh, a couple of shows uh, prior to this one uh, about telemedicine and some of the regulations that have changed since, uh, you know, we've been in this, you know, the COVID-19 world. Um, so do you think that more regulations will have to change or be lifted, uh, especially if you're dealing with a patient maybe out of state or, you know, some kind of consulting? You would know better than me. So I think the regulations always are in flux. Yeah. You know, and you know when COVID hit, obviously the regulations opened up to get patients access to care because they couldn't go in to see the doctors. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes it's what's first, the chicken or the egg. In this situation, you're like, is it going to be the data is released and then people feel uncomfortable and then we have to lock down more, or is it going to be that the data is locked down and we have to slowly find ways to release it so we can get the information to patients? So. It's usually the second one, but sometimes it happens in the first one, and then all of a sudden you get some complaints that I don't feel safe with my data. I don't want you to have all my data. I yeah. want it to be selective, and then you got to rewrite the book. But again, this is a this is a far ways out, and we really need good studies to show that benefits. You know, does me looking at your sleep habits for the next six months or your your heart rate really going to change the management of my of your problem? If it's not, then there's no point. Yeah, but. I think where it comes into is like we keep always going back to it. And I hate to mention just the athletes again, but it's really the athletes. It's can I, my player, you know, can I prevent my players from having season ending surgery? Can I prevent my players from fatiguing early and getting dangerous complications? I mean, you hear about all the football players that unfortunately have bad complications in, you know, high school, college level that sweat too much and have neurological complications. Can we prevent that with trackers on them to see if their heart rate jumps up? Because, you know, 
a lot of athletes, they just don't want to tell you when they're not feeling well. And then all of a sudden it becomes too late where their bodies can't compensate anymore. And that's what we really want to protect against. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, especially with the athletes and how they uh, they kind of go. Well, I'm fine. Let's just kind of keep keep going. And and you mentioned the beginning of this conversation. You know, whether it's a you know Tommy John injury or, or things like that. Uh, just this past season, uh, Jacob Degrom was experiencing some uh, discomfort and kept telling everybody he was fine, fine, fine. And eventually, he got shut down after he pitched uh, a few more games. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, if that'll be mandated at the highest level saying, Hey, you, you have to share that information and this is how we're going to keep track of it. So it's, um, it's really interesting how that trickle down effect that you're kind of alluding to. Um, one of the things you mentioned also was the fact that everyone can have some kind of measurement in tracking on how they're feeling, including yourself. So as a doctor that, may not be feeling great and you have this type of technology is that something that maybe you can see um you know your employer mandating saying hey we want to know if you're your best now before you go into a five-hour surgery yeah that's a tricky uh that's a tricky situation to be in it's a tricky question right it's tricky (laughs) so you know background is you know you have to learn how to not be at your prime all the time as a surgeon because you know when you're in rest you're getting one hour of sleep and they're expecting you to be at the top notch, you know? Um, but I'll talk about a very brief topic. Yep. So we just got a, the Navy SEAL came in and gave us a discussion. It's a company, high performance company that uses trackers on, or, on surgeons and will tell their sleep patterns, how they're feeling, stress levels, cortisol levels, et cetera. And we'll come up with game plan saying, Hey, listen, you know, you're fatiguing out. You're not getting the sleep you need. You should probably figure out a way to make your body better because we're, we're kind of like that, that sort of high level, uh, professional that will push through anything. You know, I know many, many surgeons that have come into the office feeling really not their best and push through the day, yeah. uh, you know, with no, with no worries for outcomes for patients. I mean, this is not something that jeopardizes patients health, but you know, and, and if they were in the regular employment opportunity, they wouldn't have come in. Yeah. Surgeons are programmed. We're programmed at an early age that you don't feel well or you're hurt, you still come in. You know, I took, I took off like one sick day in 10 years. Wow. So that gives you an example of the way it works. And I can tell you right now that I probably should have taken more. Um, but it's just the way you're programmed. Uh, it's the same thing as you are in the military type of style. And, um, you know, that's, what's really important is that we really need to, to test our doctors, you know, and the surgeons are at the highest level of stress, but they also have the highest, um, and highest level of stress, highest level of perseverance through sort of negative factors, and they have a pretty important job, and you want them at their best. And so if we, this company basically looks at all those things and will give recommendations and find ways to decrease burnout, decrease, uh, you know, m- hopefully not medical errors, uh, decrease uh, surgeon turnover, all those things, which happen. You know, you've been not paying attention to your body, not sleeping, operating late, doing all the things you can do and all of a sudden you just shut down and you just, you know, you're tired, you want to quit your job. Like that could have been prevented if we had given you the right resources. Yeah. And so that's what the company does. They did it at, um, at the Cleveland clinic, a pretty big hospital and they made some huge efficient changes, uh, to the company and to the surgeons to make them more efficient. Uh, and more efficient is like more rested. Okay. It's time for you to go to sleep, you know, an extra hours. It seems silly that you have to tell adults, especially high level professionals to do this, but you know, we're, we're normal people too. And we want to, you know, stay up late, enjoy a movie here or there. And it's good for us to understand that, you know, if we want to prioritize being our best, 
uh, those are things you have to do. You know, I know I've changed my habits even in the last uh, six to eight weeks with my tracker taking more advantage of saying, hey, listen, if I get this amount of sleep, I feel way better. How can I make myself better? Because that's what we're always trying to do. At least in my field and what I do is how can I make myself better? How can I have better outcomes? How can I reduce any medical errors? How can I do all those things? And that's what that helps me do. And I've already noticed a difference personally. Uh, it's fascinating, you know. I, I could I could see you know everyone getting kind of tracked, and you coming in and say, well, "Listen, we saw your vitals before you came in. We're you know you're not up to uh, optimum. We're gonna get you a Gatorade, okay? We're gonna get you some B12. We're gonna relax. Hey, listen, we got to massage his feet. You know, he's he's feeling a little stiff. He didn't sleep well last night. Okay, all right. You know, almost like a pit stop. You know, he's just kind of coming in, getting you ready. All right, you're ready to go. Hit the road again. So I know I'm making light of it, but it's uh it's fascinating. And it's uh, amazing that the Cleveland Clinic is taking that information and say, pretty much saying that we can be better by making sure that the people that work for us, uh, we take care of them and make sure that they're at their optimum performance. You know, you're, you're like what? Like Lewis Hamilton over here, you know, uh, getting ready to, to win another cup. So it's uh, it's amazing. Um, even though I'm making light of it and uh, I'm having fun with it, it's it's incredible technology. What is some of the other technology that's out there right now that uh, our listeners would be surprised to hear about and it's just exciting for you? Uh, well, I'm a swimmer, so I can tell you about these technologies that came out. There's a heads-up display that's in your goggles, and then some of the higher-level athletes are using it, too, for swimming. Um, and you will tell you your lap count and whether you're on pace, and all your vitals will link into your smartwatch while you're doing it. And uh, a couple of days ago, I was swimming over, uh, and I, some guy pops up out of the pool and wants to show me his goggles because they were these new heads-up displays. Yeah. But then I just read about them in a magazine, too, so it's kind of interesting. So that's a new fun piece of technology that you can actually get your hands on. Um, they have a new something called the Tesla suit, not related to Tesla, okay. uh, where it tells you about the body punches. And they think that this technology could, could increase the championship caliber of boxers by a significant amount um, because it's going to tell you, you know, how many punches you're taking, whether your form's off, et cetera. And those are just two examples. Uh, a, a buddy of mine got the virtual reality goggles and, uh, you know, he sent me a, 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 a video and he's, uh, he's in his early 50s. And he's like, man, I got this, and I'm just having a blast. And he's got the boxing game, and he's coming in. And he's like, I, you know, I threw my shoulder out. I'm sweating. I, I'm doing all these different things. And so, um, you know, it's it's not the same, but it's it's so interesting how virtual reality and um, you know just health and you know being active is is changing. You know, it's not going to the gym and you know grabbing a punching bag. Obviously, there's huge benefits and just you know doing something like that. But being in his living room, being you know someone that's working full time, coming home late, maybe not have the time to run to the gym, put on put on his virtual reality headset, get his workout in, and and you know and off you run. And so um, just just seeing where technology is going is really fascinating. I couldn't agree more. All right, I got I got a question for you here. You know, you know, we always got to do it, right? Here's my my little trick question. Oh no! Here we go. All right, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. All right, can you guess when the original concept for this, you know, mechanical step counter uh, first happened? And I'll give you a clue. Or, or maybe who came up with the idea? And we'll go back to the 15th century. And I'll give you clues if needed. 
Is it like is it Newton or somebody someone famous we know about? Yeah, oh, very, very famous. I wouldn't I wouldn't do somebody random and and you know going back to the 15th century, um, you know it's uh, it's it's a wild away. Will to say you this. always you always give me the wild cards? I, I feel like I have all the answers for the ortho and no answers for your. Well, you have all the you have all the answers for the ortho. That's exactly why you're on and you're so good at what you do. So I want to you know keep in line <laughs> what what we're doing, but you know throw throw a little you know throw a little something out there you know it's you know the first mechanical step counter which was the idea you know or pedometer at the you know now that we call it so um what any thoughts any random thoughts i have i have no i'm looking at like new 10 i mean that's i don't even know in the 1500s who we're talking about so the all right tell me all right leonardo da vinci of course Oh my gosh! Yes. So he has paintings, and some of his paintings have these things that you know the these. It was worn at the waist with a long lever arm uh, attached to the to the thigh, and um, they were using that technology so they could see two things: how to track the troops and see how long and how far they were going with this step counter that was attached to the hip and the thigh. And also, he came up with the idea because he wanted to be more accurate with his maps. So, useless wow, yeah. information there, but it's between the military and the maps. You know, he has sketches and they have this contraption and you can find some of his paintings out there with these contraptions on them. You're like, what the hell is that? Maybe it's a gun or something attached? No, it was a tracker and one of the first pedometers and obviously uh you know thomas jefferson and you know so on and so forth and we were talking about the beginning of the show uh you know yamasa toki in 1965 and so on you know so on and so forth but now we're up to here at 2022 and uh, the technology has you know gone uh to a place where you know who who knew you know, even 10, you know, 20 years ago. And I can't imagine what it's going to be like in 10 years. Uh, before we wrap it up, is this something that really stands out for you that you can be excited about that maybe is not here, but you can see down the road that could be beneficial for yourself and the patient? I think just an easier way to, to summarize your data. Yeah. You know, uh, application on your phone. I already have one of those that sort of summarizes some of my watch data. Okay. But even better way and that you can, you know, share with patients or share with your friends and find ways to sort of integrate more of your data and understand. And maybe that can, that can interpret it better for you because, you know, like you did really great. Your VO two max was this, here's where you need to push through people yeah. that, are, that are competitive with themselves. Uh, I think that's important. So. Yeah, the, the technology will be there and hopefully it'll be something as easy as just hitting the button and sharing it. And who knows, maybe it creates another job in the medical field where this is where it, exactly what you know this person does is making sure that they're tracking that information and having all that information ready for you when you get your hands on it, pops up on the screen, you can see everything and everything's been inputted and uh, you have some more information for your patient. So it'll be, uh, it, we'll, we'll see where it goes. And, and I think we're going to be there clo- you know sooner than later. Agreed. All right, Dr. Garcia, I know you're busy. Um, I don't hear any more sirens, so you probably are, are at your destination at this point. So I uh, just want to remind everybody, Dr. Grant Garcia, he's our orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine specialist. Check out uh, GrantGarciaMD.com. He's got plenty of information there, along with our other shows there, uh, orthopedic specialist of Seattle.com. And um, Dr. Garcia, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me again, Will. Take care. Take care.